Oh man, this, if y'all were sitting up here, you'd hear the music's really good. That's why we sit up in the front, not because we're more spiritual, right? But because it sounds great. We love it. Okay, um, so I'm doing this for Jennifer Ashlock, if I can... Um, I need you to do something for me. Um, her kids at Catali want to see who goes to church here. So I just thought we'd go ahead and take a selfie of all of us. I'll do it over here first. So y'all smile. Are you ready? Okay, say cheese. One, two, three. Wait a second. Hey, you blinked. Hang on, let's do it again. <laughs> cheese. Okay, let's do one over here. I'm doing this for you, Jennifer, and for your kids. Okay, over here. Ready? One, two, three. Cheese. There you go. Do we really have to say cheese, really, anymore? Okay, Jennifer, I'm sending it to you here in just a little bit. That's good. See, that's the way you should start every service. I did. I got over here. Do you need me to do one? Just Hey, I'll just do one just of y'all right here. Okay, ready? No, that's me. Here we go. So this is the college. Here we ready? One, two, three. Nice. That was great. <clears throat> All right, that's, that's a good way to start, isn't it? Um, it's been a good weekend. It's been a very good weekend. I was able to do the family retreat with, uh, it's my first time to go with my family. We went to the family retreat, uh, it was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I have learned some very valuable things about you. I won't share all of them because that would be mean. I've learned stories. I'm just, you know, putting them in my pocket for later. Um, but I have learned that Skittles are very valuable tools if you want to gain the hearts of little children. It's all it takes, right? Right, Heather? All it takes. Couple of, or as he, as he says, um, do you have any tittles? Queen tittles? Oh, well, yeah, that's great. So now we have Skittles. Always have Skittles. Um, it, it, do what? Or salt block. Yeah, one of the two. You know, it... it it was a great weekend, and you know, for some reason, God did not want us to leave because whenever we were leaving um, the the camp, um, it's, for some reason, right at the very entrance of the camp, our car just burst into flames. You know, and and I, I'm just striking that up to this is not a preacher story. I'm just striking that up to God not wanting us to really leave at that particular moment. Now, everyone else is already gone. They're having their nice trip home. Um, we, had, we had no bars. I have Verizon. I've learned Verizon does not work here in San Angelo. So that's going to change starting next week. Um, fortunately, we had our adopted daughter, Lizzie, for the weekend with us. And she had one bar. That's all she had, one bar. So we were able to get a hold of the Briley's and the, the Upter Groves, and so it was a good day. But you know, in those moments when your car is, you know, your engine's bursting into flame, you get to know who your family really is. You know, Liv's good. She smelled it, you know. She's like, there's something that smell right. And, and so what I did is I opened the hood, and there's the flames, right, and um, and so I said, okay, everybody get out. And Shelly's first thought is, what's most valuable, right? That's what moms are supposed to do. It, it, apparently it wasn't any of the kids, because she's looking at... <laughs> she's grabbing her phone. <laughs> the Bible sat untouched, by the way. Oh, I threw her under the bus. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Liam's freaking out. He's like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? He's just trying to get out of the back seat because he always gets locked in there. So he's trying to get over. Liv's like, where's the video? Get a video. And I am just thankful that we have like four or five unused water burger cups filled with old root beer, right? That's all I'm looking for. And I, you know, I wanted to show this great picture of this firefighter with the muscles, you know, putting out the fire, but me with two water burger cups would not have been as exciting. But it's funny, those moments when you get to know who you really are. And, uh, <clears throat> but I did get to know that this church is filled with some fantastic people. And, it, and, I, was, and I, I saw that whenever we were riding home with our two new friends that we're now bond, bonded with forever. You know, we, they very gladly, you know, went an extra hour out of their way. They were already halfway home and they came back. So thank you both families and thank you for the great weekend. <laughs> oh, oh, that was a good very long day. But let's pray because, you know, the thing I am excited about and continually encouraged by is the fact that I see the Spirit of God here in this group of people. I see it all over. Even if you are one of the ones who is struggling and feels as if you have absolutely nothing to offer, I see the Spirit of God in you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for such a beautiful day. Lord, thank you for giving us the opportunity to share it together. And Lord, thank you for giving us such an example that we have in Jesus Christ and in His followers. Lord, in Jesus is our hope. In His followers, we see encouragement that it can be done. So thank you. And today, I pray that you would encourage us. Help us to know that whatever it is we may be carrying, Lord, that you are our only hope. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, the majority of the world is focused on this Easter Sunday. Now, a lot of people, they're not really believers, and they are looking at this as simply April Fool's Day. Um, or Liam's birthday, or Easter, right? With the bunnies and everything. People are seeing this in different ways. But this is what I know is true. That question still lingers. It still hovers. Because people know about the resurrection. They've heard about it. And I wonder if those people who don't believe, if they're thinking to themselves, what if it were really true? What if? Wouldn't that be interesting? I believe it's, t it's true. I believe it with all my heart. And I think many of us, we live and we believe and we act according as if Jesus did rise to life with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that resurrection is waiting for us. Those of us who have given our life to Jesus Christ, those of us who are choosing the narrow road, resurrection is waiting for us. No matter where we've begun, no matter where we began, it's nothing compared to where we are going to end. Right? Because our destination is life. Our journey is filled with it. 
But our destination, it's life. It's life both now, it's life forevermore. And that even though our journey is going to be filled with difficulties, with, with I will say, opportunities to learn, <laughs> even though there's going to be opportunities and difficulties, they're there to remind us that we're on our way. We haven't arrived yet. We're still on this road to resurrection. And I think we do need reminding. If you've been following me in the series, you know that I, I kind of say the same things at the very beginning. Because I want you to remember that we need to remind one another of where we are going. Fighting. There are things fighting to keep us off this narrow road. You know, there's sin in our life that's trying to keep us from... from Seeing what is waiting for us is trying to get us to question the truth. Sin continues to keep our minds focused on, on those things that do not matter. You know, there's sin sometimes that tries to tell us that we're not worthy of saving. And all too often, you know what's funny, even though we are filled with the Spirit, even though we have, we have people around us, they're all too often we listen to that sin in the corner of our ear. We listen to it. And you know what? It's offering things to us. If you do this, then I'm going to give you this. If you do this, then I'm going to give you this. And a lot of times we just take it. We take it as if uh, it's a shiny gift that it's going to give us what we want. We take it and we hold on to them as if they're going to make life better for us. I know we do it. You know, we accept it and we hold on to it. We, we accept the jealousy and we protect it. We accept the greed and we rationalize the danger of it. We hold on to the hurtful words because we think we deserve to be able to say them. We hold on to the slander, to the prejudice, to the lust. We hold on to these things because we think they're going to help us be better or be seen as better or, or have the life we really want. But what we always find is that sin is not a gift. Sin is an obligation. One sin leads to another. And then another. And then without even thinking about it, we submit and we you know, accept this un... It's like an insatiable desire for more. You know, these, these wants and desires we have, they become more. They become, they become easy for us to manage sometimes. Easy for us to manage. Um, easy for us to dismiss others. Maybe it becomes easier for us to condemn others, to discriminate, to, to objectify. And without even knowing it, we become experts. Because of these little gifts that we hold on to with our hands, we become experts at, 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 at minimizing others, at dehumanizing people, at demoralizing others. We don't even know we're doing it. But each sin that we hold on to is leading us to death. For many of us, we can't seem to let go of it. You know, we don't just hold on, we are holding on tightly. And by holding on, we're kind of feeding into that. Now, I know a lot of us are walking this narrow road. We're trying to do it. I see it in you. But somehow, I know for me, there are moments when I think I can continue walking, carrying these things, holding on to those things I don't really want to let go of yet. We can still hold and walk and, 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 and feed our sin 
I mean, we want to walk and have what we want. But if you remember what James says very clearly, he says, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting sand. So I just want to remind us this morning that that these things we're holding on to, they are not gifts, and a lot of them do not come from God. And they don't lead to resurrection, they lead to death. Some of us, you know, maybe it's not sin per se, maybe... Maybe we're holding on to things that are broken because we're trying our best to manage that. As if it's our responsibility to manage it. Even if it's way too much for us. You know, broken relationships, broken dreams, maybe expectations. Maybe we have a future idea for yourself and it just hasn't happened. Maybe those are the things that are consuming us and we are missing everyone around us. And for me, personally, I've come to the point that I just say, maybe some things are better left in God's hands. Because I can't do a thing with them. You know, when we're holding on to some of these things, we're no longer moving forward. When we're looking at these broken things, trying to manage, and we're overwhelmed, it's possible to keep our eyes ahead on Jesus, Right? It's impossible to keep holding on to these things and keep walking towards God. I know it's not easy, and I, I know these things have a grip on many of us. And I know some of us feel completely helpless, but I want you to know you're not alone. So, so Paul talks in Romans 7. Turn to Romans 7 really quickly. We've heard this before, but I want to put it in this context, because I want you to remember you're not alone, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey to the resurrection. Um, In in chapter 7, starting in verse 15, it says this. Let's see here. Here we go. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin and work, uh, sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to remind you, if the Apostle Paul is struggling with this, then that makes me feel a whole lot better. 
doesn't matter where you stand or where you sit. You could stand right here. You could sit back there, up front, wherever. You're going to have struggles in your life. It's okay because that's, that's the war we're involved in. But the hope is this. It's in that last verse. Paul ends by answering his very own question. Who can rescue me? God through Jesus Christ. Because He has a power to overcome sin. Because He was raised to life after a brutal and horrible death. He defeated sin. He defeated death. And He has this power that God will give to us that, to overcome sin. It's only possible through Jesus Christ. Jesus died and a new life began. And when Jesus died and raised again, a new life was possible for us. So those things we hold on to, we need to realize it's okay to let them go. They have no power over us. If you think, I can't do this, whatever it is, an addiction, whether it's angry words, whether it's hatred in your heart, whether it's those moments you cannot forgive somebody. Every other part of your life is great, but you just can't forgive that person. God can, He can rescue you from that. I believe it with all my heart. He's rescued me from so many things and continues to do it. Which leads me to the next thing. Before there can be a resurrection, something has to die. There can be no eternal life without resurrection. And there can be no resurrection unless something dies. So the question is for us, what are you willing to let go of? What are you willing to let die? C.S. Lewis has this story in this book called The Great Divorce. And it's this heavenly being, I think it's Jesus, trying to reach out to these people. And this one man has this little lizard on his shoulder. And the lizard keeps whispering in his ears. And, and this being keeps saying, can I kill it? Can I kill it? Let me kill it. And he's like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. I can handle it. I can manage it. Let me kill it. I'm fine. It's all, it's all okay. Uh, it, there's a moment when we think I can manage it, but I want to encourage you that some things in your life just need to be killed and die so that God can raise new life. I found this video, and I want you to watch this, and I think it explains this idea very clearly. So let's play that. I look at that and I think, man, that is so, that is right on. You know, my encouragement to you is to know that as it says in Hebrews 12, God is a consuming fire. My hope for you is, is that you know that He can consume those things which are controlling you. This is the war, right? We are, are wanting so badly to go on this road to resurrection, but something continues to keep us 
hold us back. It may be one step forward and, and a couple steps back at, in moments. There are moments when we got it under control. We are going and then there's moments when we just start getting hindered. I want you to know that God has the power through Jesus Christ to consume those things which are holding you back. It's time to let go. John twelve twenty four says this. Very truly I tell you, when a grain, if the, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Imagine what could happen if you let something die. If you let that thing in you, let God control it. What fruit could come from that? And I've seen it. I've seen you do it. I see you wrestle with these things. And I see God with His Spirit overcome them through you. And it is a beautiful thing to see. I know there are moments when we need to be reminded. So the question is, as we leave today, what are you willing to let die in your life? Because the road to the resurrection awaits us. Because Jesus, He rose again. It's true. I believe it. And that same Spirit that was in Him, let me read this, the same Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. We have the exact same Spirit available to us that raised Jesus from the dead. How exciting is that? Why in the world would we be powerless or feel powerless to anything? We are God's children. And He's given us this spirit that is, it's been here since the beginning and it will be here at the end. Jesus raised to life. He came back. And because of that, we have hope. So don't feel powerless because you're not. Through Jesus Christ, you have all the power in the universe. So it starts today for some of you. It's available right here. If you don't have that spirit, I'm here. I will introduce you. We have elders who will introduce you. We have people sitting next to you who probably will introduce you. So as we stand here in a moment, I want you to remember whose you are, what has been done for you, and what could be done for you in the future as you move toward our resurrection. Let's stand and let's sing, Jake.